What's good, family? It's your boy Trader Rules from Real Last Conversations, and I get a question all the time. How do I make a podcast? And what I make my podcast on is Anchor.fm. Anchor is a free app that allows you to make your podcast anywhere from your phone or your computer. You can make money off of this. So please add to your podcast either in the beginning or in the middle. That's free game right there. You have everything in one place. So please download an Anchor free app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Please. Let's make this money together, y'all. Love. Yo, what's good, Real Family? It's your boy Trader Reels from Real Last Conversations, and it's episode number 26. I'm back with a brand new episode. I finally learned how to do this whole in-call thing, so had to get some people that I know that I really fuck with that are doing a lot of major things right now. Uh, one of my boys here is my boy Tyler Brown. We go back since middle school, since dancing in the hallways, doing SpongeBob and Wu-Tang days. Haven't talked to him in a, in a while, so... I'm happy I got him on so we can catch up on some things because he's doing a lot of, like, when I tell you big things right now that I just like to get more information on, I feel like it will be uh, good information for every everybody that's listening to this podcast. So, it's my boy, uh, Tyler. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's good, bro? What's goody, dog? How you been? <laughs> I'm good, man. I, I love that introduction, bro. That That introduction brought back a lot of memories, man. I know, man. It's, Damn, been, it's been a minute, Dancing man. in the hallways. Exactly. Back when, you know, we ain't really have any worries at all. It was just about having a fun time and partying and shit. Nah, for real, man. Those are those days that, you know, I think I kind of took for granted when it was happening. But I I love that. I love those memories, man. I'm about to say, but you still rock with a lot of the same people we grew up with, though, right? Yeah, man. I, um... I try to keep in touch with everybody, bro. Um, two weeks ago during my birthday, a lot of people that was from that time period popped out so love, man. So, yeah, bro. Definitely keep in contact with everybody from childhood days, man. I try to. All right. So, I'm about to say, honestly, Tyler, you to me, I feel like you kind of, uh, I wouldn't say you different, but I feel like you on your sh- on your shit for real, for real now. Like, you a grown-ass man. Like, you very multifaceted. You doing things in different fields. To the to my audience out there, y'all know this man's a like professional chef. He's a model. He uh, does podcasts on his free time, and I don't know what else he does, but I know he always try to stay active. And I saw you put on Facebook that you hate lazy people. So <laughs> so I, I seen that, and I, I can tell by how you move that you're not lazy, bro. So I just want to know, like, when did it click to you to like, hey, like you have to like use your time uh, wisely? Um, honestly, it's always been like that with me, man. Growing up, I had a strict father, bro who didn't really allow much uh, leisure time, like, unless we was, like, playing a game or something, bro. Like, I had to constantly be doing something, like, you know, whether it was cleaning the house or being outside or just something, man, you know, in sports. Like, he didn't really – he he didn't really like to be, like, sitting around the house, none of that, man, because, you know, he, he was a guy who was busting his butt constantly working two jobs so he always wanted something moving behind the scenes like so growing up <laughs> i i followed those same those same traditions without even realizing it honestly um like i'm not one of those people who could sit around the house on their day off and enjoy it like if i'm sitting around i feel like i'm being lazy so so you, so you basically talk shit about me because i can definitely sit around on my day off and not do shit <laughs> i'm about to say for real so you, you say you got it from your father uh do you get anything from your mom either was your mom the same way um actually what's crazy is i got this whole cooking thing from my mom man you know the time watching my father work you know his butt off for half my life um i spent a lot of my leisure time you know either with my mom or around my mom my mom she's the like cook of the family like whenever people talk about good food or good eat they always mention my mom so that's one thing you know she taught me how to cook at seven and that's something you know where when i got to high school and i had the opportunity out to culinary and just honed in on culinary from there you know pretty much using her as an example with you know how food should taste how food should be for real so like is she was she a chef at one point or is she just you know she's just like one of those like people in the family nah. that just know, just know how to throw down yeah pretty much man she um 
she never been a chef, but you know, she learned how to cook from watching her grandmother, and I guess she took that same mentality and passed it down to me. Okay, so when did you realize you can kind of like you know monetize off of this? How you can build a business off this? Like when did you was like, hey, I want to become a cook? Like when? Like like what year? Like what age did that click to you? Um, it, it clicked early, bro. I've been working in the culinary field officially since fourteen. You know, freshman in high school, I had got my first job working in the uh, because my high school had a restaurant and it called the Panther Palette. And we did a, a lot of events for, like, the sports teams, for, like, the um, leadership programs and stuff like that. We, it was always something moving in high school that needed food. So I pretty much just, like, as soon as I started cooking, like, in the culinary program, I, I pretty much started working in the culinary field, man. And it's just been nonstop ever since. Oh, so you, you, you've been uh, Serve Safe certified. You've been in the game. Oh, absolutely. I've been <laughs> Serve Safe certified since I was 18. You know, we can't graduate without that. Yeah, I'm about to say, I, like, I, I went to school for hospitality, so, I mean, cooking is one of the things that is part of hospitality, so I had to, like, you know, take, uh, you know, culinary classes and stuff, but honestly, that shit hard, man, like, to make it taste yeah, good, bro. it's like, I feel like you either got it or you don't, like, I can cook now, but when you do it at a professional level, it's just, like, you gotta have some type of artistic, you know, flavor to it, because my hard part was, like, I can make the food taste good, but my plating was horrible, like, I couldn't plate for nothing, like... <laughs> I was like, yeah, hey, yeah. Just, just put this stuff right here. It should be fine. <laughs> but, like, my teacher would be like, nah, you want to make it look presentable. Or even doing uniform cuts when it comes to, like, you know, cutting potatoes. I was just like, yo, people eat the potatoes regardless. Like, I mean, I don't know. It was kind of hard for me to kind of be so, how can I mean, be so meticulous when it came to the whole thing. So, like, was it just easy? Like, like, like you said, your, your mom taught you. So, was it just, like, easy to, like, gradually go to that point? Um... Bro, I, I'm not going to lie to you. When it came to plating, I was terrible for a while, bro. For for a long time, I was terrible. Um, It wasn't until I got into, like, cooking competitions for, like, Skills USA and FCCLA where my chef would make me practice, you know, for hours on plating up alone. So that's where I kind of, like, started honing in, Um, <clears throat> started watching how other people played it, pretty much just studying the game for real, bro, because like you, I was trash. I played in, bro, like. You couldn't get me to play nothing nice. But I, it just wasn't clicking at first. And then after time, it just, you know, it got better and better and it started to flow naturally. Muscle memory. Okay, so I, I've been following you on Facebook with the whole chef game, and I see you went through different phases. When did you start betting on yourself? Like, what made you start being like, I need to bet on myself? <sighs> oh, man. Um, Honestly, when it felt like I had something to prove, really a lot had happened out of high school you know i had uh moved in with an old girlfriend we broke up um i came out i left because i was originally supposed to go to uh johnson and wells after high school but i decided to stay in jersey for one more year and um you know a lot of people who grew up with me they was used to me being silly playing around always joking and they kind of was like it, it got to a certain point where I felt like people was kind of using that to look down on me. So I was like, all right, well, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to use that as motivation, you know, just go all in for myself. And then, you know, working in the industry, you know, being in these culinary classes, I was always like either the only black kid in the class or the only black male in the class, which really like it kind of it showed me how other other cultures viewed us or thought of us. So that really put a batter in my back as well, man. It was just like, I had something to prove, and that's that's really the mentality I went in with. You know, um, I moved up the ladder pretty quick, using that mentality. Just a few years ago, I was the I was a executive chef of Aramark at only twenty five years old. Now, that's something that's um, remarkable because not only was I the youngest executive chef in Aramark, I was the only black executive chef in the Eastern uh, region. That was something that you know. All those years that I was, you know, had my head down betting on me, it kind of paid off immediately. So that's tough. It's funny because I remember my culinary classes. It was like me and two other black dudes. We were like the only black people in the class, and it was from St. Louis. And like me, me and my boy Taz, we was cool. But my boy left. He was he, he was a nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, he was like, now nah, I'm frying chicken. I'm doing this, that, and a third. And it's funny how whenever we had like projects, like they would always give us something that was kind of like soul food related. You know what I mean? Like. So yeah. you can kind of feel how they can kind of box you in in some of these uh, culinary classes or culinary schools. Not saying they do one on purpose, but it's just like you feel like, all right, like you're trying to just put me in a box. And I felt like 
Exactly. Like growing up with you, I felt like, you know, yeah, you was, you was a wild boy. So when I started seeing you like on a more professional tip, I was just like, damn, like, yo, he like he grew up, man. Like he really on his shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny that you said that you feel like people are looking down on you. I don't feel like people look down on you. I just feel like sometimes you don't want people just to assume assume who you are. You know what I mean? Because you, yes. you, you can be one way and still can be professional in an executive office or in, or in a professional sp- space. You know what I'm saying? I feel like there's different personalities for different venues or events. You know what I mean? Like, I could be one way with my homeboys, but then be in an executive board office and be a, a, a completely different Traven. You know what I mean? And that Definitely. goes and that goes a long way. I feel you on that, but like, did you you didn't have any doubt though? Like, this betting yourself because I see that you was part of a high company, but then I see that you're saying like, hey, I want to start being more for myself. And you had like you got like a team around you now, where y'all doing like social events. Is that part of something else, or is that something that's completely yours? I think it's called So Noir. Um, <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the backstory of, of that since you brought it up. Um. Pretty much, man, ever since I, like, got into the industry, I've always, like, viewed the executive chef position as, like, top tier, you know, having, like, the most freedom to do whatever you want, no matter what uh, corporation you was working for. You know, I've always wanted to just have the option to be me 100%, have the option to be um, 100% creative, and just pretty much make my own calls. And as I climb the ladder i realized that was a hoax bro like it honestly was never like that um you know the same challenges i had as a cook i had as an executive chef and that's where it just kind of clicked to me that unless i'm in charge of what's going on it'll never be like that no matter where i go you know um even working as like a sous chef at roman university or sous chef out in center city philadelphia um, I just never had the option to make those choices how I wanted to. So I figured I, you know, create my own brand. And that's where um, <laughs> Noir Soul Gallery had came into play where, you know, I reached out to a few friends and um, we pretty much pretty much the concept was to build a platform for young uh, black creatives uh, based on food, fashion and art. And that was that was going pretty well for a while. And then that that kind of crumbled during the pandemic. And then I created my own brand, which is Art de Noir Soul, which is a branch off of Noir Soul Gallery. But it's just ran by me right now. So. So it's not not hard being by yourself, though, bro? Because I I was going to ask you, because I saw you with uh, another dude. He's like a a guy who wears glasses. I don't really know his name in particular. But do you think it's easier to work it with a team or do you think it's easier to be by yourself in this space? Um. When in the creative space, it's, it's a lot easier to work by yourself because you don't have an influx of opinions that kind of taints your own ideas. Um, when it comes to, like, bigger events, it's easier because you have, like, people to distribute that power to, you know. Um, because it's a lot, especially when you have, like, major events. Like, I did an event called Shades of Melanin. I couldn't have did no event like that by myself. Like, you know, I... If it wasn't for that team of people that I had behind me, bro, that event wouldn't have went the way it did. Um, and that's one of the best events that I think I've ever thrown. You know, even the feedback, the imagery, people love that event through and through. There was really no missed moments with that event. So that those would be like the times where, you know, people was needed. But on like a smaller scale, when you're just trying to build the foundation and get things in, in a placement you know, to get you on the path to success, it's much better to move by yourself. You know, just to like, just to establish something because then when you bring people in, then they already know what it is rather than trying to build it with a bunch of people and everybody kind of wants to throw their idea and they think it should go like this and that. And then it's just, it's a lot of noise that you could just cancel out early in the game if you do it by yourself. So for somebody that's trying to do it by themselves, like how do you market, how do you market yourself in the beginning? Like, was it just like family or friends in the beginning or word of mouth? Like, how do you um, it's, get a mix, that it's a mixer of both it's a it's, it's really a mixer of both bro what you want to do is and I, that's one thing that um i always said was important in the beginning of all this was you want to present it as you know as your baby pretty much you want people to familiarize that brand with your face um like people will see my logo and automatically think of me that's that's pretty much the point you want to get it to like you want to you want people to think Chef Tyler or whatever you doing and immediately be like Trayvon. You feel me? Like that's something like you have to pretty much push it, push it, push it, put your face on it. Put the content that's coming out, 
it got to have either you in it or like something that's moving around you. Like you have to get people to familiarize your brand with you because people that really like people that really rock with you is going to share it just off the strength of you. They could never even be there and they're going to share it because it's a part of you. Like I have people that share my event flyers and stuff like that that have never even been to my events off the strength that it's just me. Yeah, that's what I be trying to do. I feel like, like even if I can't make it there, I'm at least try to support some way and also i try to support people that i know who have talent as well like if i feel like you have talent i'm just sharing it off the rip off of love you know what i'm saying because right. i feel like that does go a long way uh especially like for me like i know people from different areas if people ever in new jersey they be like hey who should i go to or what restaurant should i go to it's like if i know somebody out there i'd be like yo hit this person up but uh yeah. for your type of culinary style like what like what kind of food do you specialize in, or like what kind of culture do you are you trying to bring out with your uh with your events? <coughs> Honestly, each each event varies. Um, I can't say that I have any particular cuisine that I specialize in because I like to indulge in all of them. I like to do fusion cuisine stuff like that. But the one that I do like to familiarize people with because you know people want to see something familiar. On the menu, like, you know, a lot of people don't like going too crazy when they go out to eat. So I'll like mixing uh, rustic soul food type cuisine, you know, farm to table. You know, I'll do like a fusion based from soul food, something like that. Or, you know, something that's familiar. Like uh, recently I did cheesecake tacos, you know, like everybody loves cheesecake. Everyone loves tacos. So that's something that's familiar. It looks good. It's out of the box. You know, so and like, real quick, gonna, what's your social media for your for your food so people can see these pictures? I'm telling you, it looks amazing. <laughs> if you go on this page, um, Lord underscore Watts, so L O R D underscore W A T T S. That's on Instagram and on Twitter. Yeah, check him out because I ain't gonna lie, he be posting some things. I'd be like, damn, I'd be wishing I'm in like in the East Coast right now for real, for real. Because <laughs> honestly, I'm in Texas and. Texas got like good barbecue food, but it's just like when it comes to me to variety, if it's not brunch food or if it's not like you know Mexican or soul food, it's not yeah, like too much more. Too got a lot yeah. of Tex Mex. Yeah, a lot of Tex Mex out here, and honestly, it gets old after a while. Like the Chinese food out here, trash. Like the Vietnamese food, like it's just it's just not the same to me as East Coast flavors. So that's why I tell people they really want to get like you know real tasteful food they should either go to like new jersey philadelphia or like new york because out there you can like go to any kind of like random spot and find something that's really good yeah man and that's you know what and it's crazy because i live in jersey and i still sleep on jersey only because i'm so used to the stuff that's like out here so i'll be like suggesting places like philly but like yeah man i mean it's all about where you at what you familiarize with like I would go to uh, Texas and be going crazy over Texas, mex but after a while, I can see why like you feel that way. You feel me? Like, yeah, that's, to that's me, not- it just, I don't know whether I would just spoil or younger, whether your taste buds just have a certain flavor when you're younger. It's just that when I moved out here, I thought it was going to be, you know, this, this great thing. And to me, it's just like, all right, some of the food just basic. Like, I say the brunch food is out here. The brunch, the brunch scene out here is crazy, like. I don't know how it is in New Jersey, but people love to go to brunch out here. Like the whole mimosa, lunch, breakfast field is real heavy out in Texas. So is that like coming? Is that like a popular thing you think in most areas? I think it's something that's emerging. Um, definitely everywhere, man. You know, for the past five years, you know, brunches have become like people's go-to for the weekends. You know, they want to go, you know, have a feel-good time, especially like North Jersey. North Jersey goes crazy with their bunches, bro. It's not it's not so popular in South Jersey because South Jersey is like mostly suburbs and they know where to go for that. But North Jersey is definitely crazy with the brunches. The brunches, the hookah lounges, all that, man. Now, I definitely be seeing the girls at the hookah lounge. I don't know why girls love hookah lounges so much, <laughs> but that's like the wave out there for something like that. But but for for your taste, what is, what is your favorite type of cuisine for for your taste buds? Um man I got to say Asian, bro. It's a, it's a mix between Asian and Indian. You know, they have a bunch of complex flavor profiles that goes into all their stuff. You know, Asian cuisine, if you really get into it, a lot of these dishes take longer than four hours to make one dish, bro. So it's just like I have an appreciation for the complex flavors and the time that goes into it. Like It's like, it's like art appreciation for me, really. 
you know, um, I, I have a hard time really enjoying dishes that I can replicate only because I know if I could replicate it, I could probably do it better. So I like to do stuff that, you know, I'm not really familiar with. Um, Indian food, Indian bros, them too. Like they, is, I, I, I love any cuisine that's really complex. Okay, I feel like they use different type of garnishes in there, different type of seasonings. And a lot of the food sometimes be good for you too, like uh, the seasonings they be using. Bro, yes. And then that's the thing too with them, right? A lot of the stuff that they use, you can't even go to the regular store and buy it. You got to go to like an Asian food market somewhere in Chinatown and, and buy half the stuff they be using. So like, it's just, yeah, man, it's, I love it. No, like, I genuinely love it, man. Like you, I could eat ramen, pho, uh, <laughs> with a chicken vindaloo every day, man. No, I had a little Asia phase too. I was going like, I don't know. I was furloughed for like a few months. That's the whole thing about not owning your own business, guys. Sometimes you get furloughed, not not being in work. But like, I I just started trying to learn how to cook like, like different type of cuisines. Like in the summertime, I was doing Asian dishes, but I was just cooking so much damn beef lo mein and different Mongolian beef. I had to chill on that for a while. <laughs> but nah, I can eat that shit all day too. But sometimes you know, the, some Asian food do be high in sodium, so I have to kind of watch that a little bit. Yeah, man. I mean, it's but that's the thing though because. If you pay attention to their culture, it might be high in sodium, but all of them are skinny. No, nah, there's some fat Asians out there. They'd be like that one fat, of the, <laughs> that one Bro, fat like, one out the group. You know, I might be that one fat one out the group. You know, I don't know. Yeah, everybody different. But uh, you just don't do cooking, also. You also are, are a model too. Yeah, man. I <laughs> I started modeling like um, 2017. Did somebody like, just tell you like, hey, like you look good to model, or you were just like, hey, this is something I want to set my my put my uh, hat in? Uh, what? All right, so this is gonna sound crazy, but what happened was, um, I went out to Caravana for uh like vacation. Like, I don't know if you ever heard of Caravana, but it's it's out of pocket. Um, it's sound, in Toronto. Fancy, yeah, sound fancy. Okay, it, it's it's pretty much carnival in Toronto, bro. Like, it's ridiculous. And um, I noticed like that particular weekend I was out there a lot of women kept hitting on me. So I'm like, once the, the trip was over, I was like, yo, I have a look that I can market. And I'm like, clearly like people are black bearded ladies. Yeah, well, man. I don't know. I don't know. We have somebody talk to you right now. Are you single right now? <laughs> I am right now. Um, you lying ass of, All right. Oh, yeah. Not, he's not, single not, right not. now. I just got, I just got out of a, a five year relationship, but you know, we still cool. There's it's no bad blood. Uh, it was a little um, mutual. So, all right, yo, he's he he's single, ladies. I'm telling you, check out his page because he always posts a model pics and food. <laughs> so, y'all be saying y'all want a brother who can cook and shit like that and can switch it up. And, you know, my boy Tyler that one. So, just letting y'all know. Listen, listen. Definitely hit the page. Definitely hit the page. Um, but yeah, bro. Like, you know, I realized that was a, a look that you know people was feeling heavy at the time. So I just went with the modeling thing. I kind of took two years off due to uh, building the brand up and the pandemic, so I'm I'm getting back into it this year. So how did you get your style? I ain't gonna lie, bro. Like I don't think none of us had style in high school for real, for real. Like so, when did you nah. start getting your like style together? Were you like, right, this is like I, I could put this together kind of thing? Um, it started in college, bro. Because like you said, in high school, I definitely wasn't dressed like that. Like I was an athlete. That's all. Like all I cared about was like what sweatpants I had on or whatever. Um. And when I went to college in Providence, Rhode Island, bro, that's like the fashion. I, I won't say the fashion capital, but everybody out there was like very fashionable. And then I'm walking around looking like a local. So that's <laughs> something That's something I started to take more serious in those terms because I was like, you know what? I don't want to just <clears throat> I don't want to just be out here looking rough all the time. Like there's more to me than like this. Uh, and I kind of started taking my parents much more serious, you know, um, once I started doing that, things kind of shifted for me as far as, like, um, how people, like, viewed me, stuff like that. Like, just perception-wise, um, that's so, when I think people from back home kind of started looking at me different as well. I about to say, you definitely had a glow-up, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, so was it, like, a certain point where you were just, like, uh, no, first thing I want to know was, to me, dressing up was always, to me, I felt like it was too expensive for my taste. Like, I, I ain't come from money. You know, I ain't had money in college. <laughs> Like, so did you find, like, places that was, like, affordable? Like, how did you, like, get um, your fits together? 
So pretty much, bro, uh, because like you, I didn't come from money at all, bro. But I started like studying fashion, like literally, like I would be spending hours looking at clothes, man, just see like what's popular, what's trending, uh, what looks good on like certain people with aesthetics, go with certain people and pretty much honed it into myself. And after I like honed in on the looks that I wanted, I started like finding different websites or different um brands that had the aesthetic that i looked it took me a while to get to a point where i like where i found clothes that weren't super expensive but in the beginning i was like buying i was working so it like kind of made up for it but i was spending like maybe like 90 dollars on just a shirt or yeah, like you was paying uh, the ticket okay yeah you know what because i was i was heavily invested on switching my image man you know once i become a, like once i invest or make a decision that i'm going to switch something in my life, I become fixated on it until I do it. Um and that's that's every aspect of my life, man. So I just got like really, really, really like I was I was shopping at Zara before Zara opened up more stores outside of New York City. Like that's how invested I was into like getting my image, bro. That's the thing though, like in the East Coast there are like a lot of places you can go shop at though. Like it's funny, I work in the hotel industry. Like I had people be coming out and like they don't know where Willenburg at, but I'd be like I'm like cl- kind of close to the Cherry Hill Mall. They be like, I don't know where the Cherry Hill Mall is at. Like people that just you know be around that area kind of thing. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, like I mean, there are some places like in Philadelphia. Uh, what's it? It's called a gallery. It's called a Galleria or the Gallery. Oh, the Gallery, the mall. Yeah, the mall out there. I know. I'm, I know. If you go to New York, it's like especially in Manhattan. There's like plenty of stores Bro, in Manhattan. Manhattan is a store every two feet. That's what I'm saying. So, like, pe- people really go out those to those places just to, you know, just to get an outfit, you know, just to shop around. So, I yeah, do man. feel like for the people, like, from, like, I guess the outer states have more time to really dress. Because I, f- I remember, like, you know, people down south, like, <laughs> I ain't going to lie, the girls can look good with some Daisy Dukes on and, like, a, you know, a tank top. Because <laughs> they, they body just right like that. You know what I'm saying? But I think now with all how uh, – fashion over everything how that going like people are starting to know how to dress worldwide but i feel like you know probably early in 2000s it was like the east coast people know how to dress the people down south probably ain't know how to put it together like that like that well yeah you gotta remember new york is the fashion capital and we right here bro we're literally right here nah, like, exactly exactly and I, I still couldn't dress so i mean ain't no excuse for, <laughs> ain't no excuse for me Hey but, yo, but yeah, you did you did the modeling thing, but I know you I know you said you kind of fell back from it a little bit, but you you also was having a, a podcast called No Apology, right? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to No Apology. I'm about to say you had you had your, your group. My thing is is like how did when y'all first came up with it, like how did it come about? So, pretty much, it was the um the, the founders is my boy Steven and my boy Shaq, and they pretty much had um they came up with the concept. They asked me to come on board with it. At first, when I came on board, I was the cameraman. So I really wasn't, like, you know, in front of the camera talking like they was in the beginning. And um, as the show progressed, you know, more and more, they kept saying, hey, you should get in front of the camera and just talk for a little bit. So I was like, you know, I gave it some thought. And then I finally hopped in front of the camera because I definitely wasn't comfortable in the beginning. And uh, pretty much that's how I started podcasting with them regularly. We got another cameraman, and just it just flowed for a while. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I, I'm in the whole podcasting field, but I'm like a, a solo acting. I really got into podcasting because when I went to college, I met some interesting, funny ass people, and I would right. be like, "Man, I wish y'all could know the people I grew up with." Cause I know people who y'all would probably like vibe with off the rip. And I kind of wanted a way to kind of connect all my friends together so they can kind of see the different personalities that I hang out with. That's why I said I feel like I'm better when I have somebody else on the show. Like, when I went back home uh, in November, like, that was some of my highest-listened shows just because I had, like, different personalities on there. And I felt like people can finally see, like, yeah, like, I, like these people I've been telling y'all about are just like what I've been telling y'all they were like, you know, like, right. <laughs> different opinions. Because to me, I noticed, let's keep it frank, in New Jersey, people can be kind of disrespectful with their opinions. Right. Everybody got their opinions. A lot of times, you, you you're not going, you're not veering off of how you feel. So sometimes you might bring up like real facts about somebody. Honestly, I never really see nobody get offended. You know what I mean? When I first yeah. went to Missouri, like I I started something called stats and facts, where it would be like, nah, like let's start saying the facts about what you're talking about right now, and people would really start getting mad off of like you know, <laughs> off of facts or like you know real life <laughs> statements. You know what I mean? 
And I had to yeah, kind of like, you know, fall back and be like, all right, you know, am I being disrespectful or, or, am, or am I just being real, you know? And I after- mean, we the East Coast moves different as far as like, you know, just language in general, man. You know, people will perceive New York people to be rude as hell, so... You I know. got that so many times. They were like, yo, you just rude. Like, why, why, why would you just say that? And I'm like, I'm just being honest. I thought I was just being honest right now. And it kind of yeah, took right. me to the point where at first I was kind of like, oh, let me fall back. But after a while, I was just like, man, F it. Like, they're going to have to hear the truth some way, somehow. Exactly. And so that's how it became my personality where people was like, oh, Traven, like, you know, the person that's going to, like, start shit all the time. Or pretty much I'm the, I'm the pot stirrer, you know? And I guess that's like yeah. my role on Facebook now. Like, you know, I'm always the person that stirs the pot. But to me, I'll just be asking real questions. Like, I don't be, I don't be knowing. And I really don't know how people feel because I feel like everybody has their own opinion. But I feel like sometimes people are scared to say their own opinion. And it was like when I'm like down south, it's like it's almost like I wouldn't say a cookie cutter, cookie cutter mentality. But a lot of people think the same. Like, I don't hear too many different views. Like, say I might say a topic out here. I might. Get a, a thousand of the other. I might have, say I might say like we do such and such. Everybody will say yes. But say I would say that in New Jersey, some people will be like, "Nah, I ain't doing that shit." Like we talking about that sounds dumb as hell, kind of thing. <laughs> and they'll tell you why. You'll be like, oh, "Okay, like that makes sense." And yeah. I feel like that makes the conversation better. So like when I'm out here and everybody all, like it's I, I'm in a room full of yeses. I'm the only no. They're looking at me like, "All right, you know, Trey was trying to start the problems." I'm like, "Nah, like what y'all saying don't make sense. Like are y- are are y'all even thinking about it?" past like that one viewpoint and yeah. then when i explain myself they'll be like oh you are making some sense now i i ain't see it like that so i felt like with my podcast i kind of wanted to introduce people to different like viewpoints because it just get boring when you when everybody thinks the same if you ask me personally yeah man i mean in that way it, it kind of feel like you trapped for when you're around people like that bro because it's like you it, it almost drives you crazy like, yo, I know I'm not the only one that thinks this way. Like, it kind of just makes you feel isolated. Um, and I, I think I think that just comes with a different, like, because I, I haven't experienced that, but I think it comes with, like, just the different cultures and territories, man. I think, you know, some people are very non-confrontational, bro. Like, that's one thing I, I realized. You know, some people will agree with the rest of the room just so they don't be the odd man out. And, you know, as as a born leader, you're you going to go against the grain regardless. You feel me? And also, I feel like growing up, it was just like you almost was kind of forced to say your opinion. Like, it was like people, to me, I felt like, especially, I don't know about West Tech for like, like in Willenboro, it was just like, it was so much bold personalities. It was almost like, yo, I'm not going to let you speak for me now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't no, I ain't no You're bitch not. now. You're not going to speak for me. I'm going to speak for myself. And you had to kind of formulate your own way of how to talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, uh, nah. Trust me, it was the same way at West Tech, man. It was it was out of pocket with their mouth. Exactly, and it's like that's just how I was raised. That's how, that's how we was raised. So when I left, like you know, New Jersey, and people telling me like, "Yo, you gotta cool out a little bit," I'm just like, "Yo, this is not even the tip of the iceberg." Like, yeah, <laughs> I thought right. I was cooling right now. Trust me, bro. I, mean, I experienced the same things too, man. You know, especially when I left Jersey and I was like in Rhode Island and like upstate New York, bro. I, a lot of people would be like, yo, you wildin'. I'm like, yo, I ain't even say what I wanted to say for real. No, exactly. And it, it, it's just funny because, like, now, like, my role on Facebook is, like, I'm pretty much a person that just starts all the, the crazy conversations. But I'm like, yo, these are conversations I think they need to be had. And I have a platform because I feel like everybody has their own, like, social media that's kind of popping. Like, my Facebook is the most active. Like, I'm not really active on Instagram or, like, Twitter. Like, I be on each one here and there. But I get the most responses on Facebook. So that's yeah, why I, mean, I, 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 I pay attention to your John, too, bro. You get a lot of, like, a lot of your posts that be outlandish, you get a lot of people that respond from Jersey. Jersey, I be getting some from a lot from St. It'd be a lot of St. Louis, uh, New Jersey based. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I yes. get some, I get some from Texas, but sometimes Texas be quiet. Now let's I actually like point them out in the com- in the conversation. But now I be out here and I be like testing my conversations out because sometimes they be like, man, like yo, where you come up with this stuff from? I'm like, yo, this is stuff that's to be in my head, like. And if I can get, I always feel like if I have a conversation and it gets like a little buzz off of the conversation, I'm, I'm going to post it on Facebook now. And then I'm going to see how it goes off from that point. Yeah, uh, let's uh, get to some uh, other topics real quick. So I, I really want to know, like, I'm pretty sure you're not even up on, I'm, I'm pretty sure you don't even put any time into all of this. But I'm pretty sure you overheard the whole Quavo and Saweetie situation. <laughs> yeah. 
I, it's crazy you brought this up because I just um I was on my boy Tommy's podcast out in Philly and they brought the same topic up. So let, let's dive into this. To me, I really don't care about it, but this is my question to you. Why do our generation put more time into celebrity issues or relationships than their own relationship? Like I, I be seeing people be more vocal or want more insight on what you know Quavo and Saweetie doing, but they were the same person. They won't they wouldn't do half the shit they be saying they be doing on on Facebook or the gram. You know what I'm saying? It's almost yeah. like we compare ourselves to these celebrities and honestly half of us don't have the luxury to do what these celebrities do. I mean, it's more about self-reflection than it is, you know, paying attention to what celebrities are doing, man. Half the, half the people that be having shit to say about other people can't even look themselves in the mirror, bro. And, like, they don't even really know who they are as a person. Like, it's, it's always been easier to judge other people than it is to, you know, judge yourself, bro. And I, I think... I think just the whole celebrity thing is amplified because of, like, social media and, like, what's going on social media, you know... Back in the days, in the 90s, early 2000s, it was tabloids going crazy. You know, back in the 80s, same thing, bro. Like, anytime people could judge other people rather than judge themselves, they're going to jump at it. And that's something where, you know, I think the whole... I don't think it's as rampant as today, though, though bro. Like, I, I, nah, I hear bro, it. Bro, nah, bro, listen. This this how crazy this shit is. They drove Britney Spears crazy. The media, the paparazzi drove Britney Spears to the point where she shaved her head. My thing like, is, though, some people were just weak, though. Like, my, my thing is, like, you have those child stars or teenage stars that make it big and go crazy. You have the other half that don't. You know what I'm saying? It's like either you built for it or you not. Like, Yeah, but now nah, you got to remember, though, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, think about this. When you're a child star, you didn't really choose that life. You just had a talent. Your parents showed your talent to somebody, and then it blew up. You know, it's not like you was like, oh, yeah, let's do this and this and that. I mean, some kids do, but, like, you're talking, like, Britney, Britney Spears was doing this, and she was literally, like, six, bro. Like, who, who else? The Olsen twins. They was doing this since they were, like, two or three. So you get to a point in stardom where, you know, it's cameras everywhere. Imagine you wake up and this camera's on your balcony. Camera's out. Like every move you make, you can't even eat without cameras being in your face. Like that is, it gets to a point, bro, where it's kind of like, hey, man. Get some damn shades. What you mean? Nah, shades ain't going to block nothing. No, if if my, you throw on shades right now, I know it's you. No, nah, I'm talking about for shades for your house. My thing is this, yo. Sometimes <laughs> I wish I was a child star so I could, I could have money. But my thing is, you could be low-key. You know what I'm saying? It's a, right. it's a certain point where I feel like these celebrities eat it up, eat, eat the whole paparazzi thing up. But then after a while, you do get tired of it. But it's like you got to oh, understand definitely. you can't just shut it off automatically. But there's stars. Like I'm about to say, uh, what's it called? Uh, Tien Tamara, uh, sister, sister, sister. Like they ain't go crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they stayed the same. Yeah, but they, they also wasn't getting, like, cameras shoved in their face the same way other celebrities was. We wasn't, we was not checking for T and Tamara as heavily as the, well, not us, but the paparazzi wasn't checking for them. You, you can say, you, you can say Brandy then, Moesha. She, she, she ain't go crazy like that. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's what I'm saying, though. The paparazzi wasn't stalking her every move. I don't know, man. Brandy was big. Are you saying it's because they black? Brandy? Are you saying because they black? No, no, no. That's why? Oh, cause think of who who went crazy. Uh, Orlando Jones went crazy. Um, who else? But who was checking for Orlando it, Jones though? Let's be real. At the time, bro, but he he went crazy around the time people was checking for him. Bro, they they were checking for him because he was going he's crazy. He's another one of those child stars. He he's another star that was uh, what's the name that was um that was famous since he was like four, bro. I mean, I I, I get it. But to me, I feel like nowadays, like, like back to the Quavo thing, it's like they were saying that Quavo went to go get his car back. And all these girls on Facebook that I know were saying, like, oh, he a pussy-ass nigga. Like, that's some bitch-ass shit. And the next day, it's like, it's not even true. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we're so you know quick to make the narrative. About, I don't, bro. I, I, One thing I can't do is allow myself to listen to anybody's, like, nut-ass opinion on social media. Because one thing I realized... Is no matter what a man do, he's a bitch. 
on social media. It's crazy to me, bro. Cause like when the whole uh Jada Pinkett jaw happened, everybody's like, Go Jada, da 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 like that's so fire. I need me an entanglement. But then this shit happened with Quavo and it's oh fuck Quavo. Da 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 he a bitch that like bro, where was this energy for Jada Pinkett? Anytime a woman does something, it's women empowerment, women are this, women are that. A man do the same thing. Oh, he's a bitch. Da, da, da. Just like you posted something earlier, bro, where it was like um, when a woman is spoiled, uh, she says. You I, know, know, I know what you mean. It was like uh, it's like when you date a woman, she said that my dad's spoiler, you got to step your game up. But if a guy yeah, like said my mom's spoiling me, it's like I'm not your mama, like pretty much. Yeah, bro, like that's crazy as hell to say to me, bro. Like because I'm literally saying the same exact thing as you, but somehow you find that as an opportunity to disrespect me when you want me to up my game for the same exact thing. Like it's a double standard, bro. And I don't, I don't cater to double standards. I never have and I never will. That's one thing that I won't do. Like if it's wrong for a woman to do, it's wrong for a man to do, or vice versa. Like. I don't like shit like that. And I notice like social media loves being uh toxic and negative, bro. Like it's never a fucking it's never the same energy. To be honest, it's never the same energy. It, I already know my, my woman my female follow they even hate when I say female. My women followers uh listeners are gonna hate this. It's pretty much as like I feel like they didn't have a voice for so long. Now that they, that they can finally like speak, they kind of like nah. This is gonna be for all the years that we couldn't speak. Like all the time, y'all niggas did us dirty. It's our time now, and I feel like you know it shouldn't be an eye for an eye kind of thing. You know what I mean? That's why I feel like it kind of just get messy all around because it's just like oh, so like you said, it's wrong for me to do it, but if you do it, oh, are you praising it? Oh, Jada Pinkett, oh I mean, she she a woman I, I know I what she wants. She a, she a boss. But say Will Smith had the same thing. Oh, how can Will Smith do this to Jada Pinkett Smith? Or they try to say, oh, oh, Will do have a girl, but he just ain't say nothing. I'm like, how do y'all know? Like, y'all just assuming. Like, y'all know yeah, these celebrities' like, relationships at all. Even, but that's the thing, though. Even when, like, a guy will confirm that he didn't mess around. If women say he messed around, he messed around, bro. It's like, there's no, like, facts behind it. Like, what was the situation where, um, I'm trying to think, there was a situation like that, bro, where somebody had got accused of messing around. Oh, well, Whitney Houston had, uh, when it, when it became a thing where, you know, Whitney Houston was cheating on Bobby Brown, and, um, right after she passed, that autobiography came out of, um, like, her introducing like crack and all that to Bobby Brown and all that, like and Bobby Brown doing all this shit to her. Everybody's like, oh yeah, F Bobby Brown, da da da. Like he ain't shit. But then the minute he put out his biopic and told his side of the story, women was in the comments like, oh he petty as hell, he childish. She only said that because she said this. It's like yo, come on, what's what's good with y'all? Like y'all, if a man says his side of the story, he's petty, he's being like vindictive, he's pussy. A woman says her story. It's empowering. I don't get it. Bro. She's telling her truth. Oh, she's telling her truth. Yeah, but he he can't tell his truth because my thing is, if you pay attention to the stories that led up to the the situations of what both of them said, they both was right in certain aspects. They just told it different. But because it's Whitney Houston, y'all gonna side with Whitney Houston instead. Just like the whole Chris Brown Rihanna thing. And I know your followers gonna look at the phone crazy like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? When Chris Brown announced that Rihanna was beating his ass while he was driving. Everybody called him pussy. The whole year, you should never hit a woman. Da da da. But imagine you're driving and somebody is punching you in the face. You gonna get out of the car and fuck them up, regardless, man or woman. You know, because you're 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 trying to kill us now. If I crash this car and we both die, it's over. I mean, yeah, but if anything, I just kick her out the whip though. I don't think I'm gonna hit her nah, back that's, though. That's cat, I might bro. I might throw her out even, the whip. Even Rihanna, even Rihanna says she was wrong for doing that. That's cat, bro. If, if you're you're driving a car. If somebody is hitting you as hard as they can with rings on their fingers in the face, nah, but that's that's out the window now. We're fighting now. That's true, clearly, but, you wanted to fight. That's true, but to me, I really don't think I can hit a girl. Only like I can hit a woman if she has like a gun to my face, and that's like self defense. But if a girl hits yeah, me, I can I, easily just. I feel like I can walk away though. I could walk away too, but there's certain situations where not everybody's like that, bro. And not you and you got like sisters that. too, Tyler. Like you can't call your sisters up on her. Listen, like I said, I I, I just said that I'm not doing that, but I'm saying. Like not everybody's like that, bro. Like you gotta remember, like no, I mean that's in certain true. situations, like, like said, calling calling somebody isn't going to be like the first thing on your mind. Call it like that's going to be the last thing on your mind if somebody's like beating your ass. The first, the first thought is protect myself. For most people, 
It's all about how you was raised, honestly, bro. Like, me, even when I was a kid, bro, my mom always taught me to defend myself. Like, and I remember, I'll never forget this. Like, I came home and my face was swollen because a girl was, like, punching me in the face. And I didn't want to hit her back because she was a girl. And my mom was like, if you don't fucking knock her ass out. You see, it was <laughs> because, different. Like, like, I used to, the same thing had to be, and my, my dad was like, never hit a girl kind of thing. That's why nah, that's kind of how I was raised. Nah, because my thing is, I, I was skinny growing up. I was small as hell. So, like, girls were like, girls would try to talk shit to me. I would talk shit back. They would get their feelings hurt. And then now they want to hit me. So, that was a thing where, you, you know. know girls, say, like, girls be low-key big when you kids, yo. Like, they, like girls yeah, are low-key bigger like, than, like, guys when they were, when we're younger. Like, yeah, so they, they tried to use that to, like, put their hands on me, like. After a while, my mom was just like, nah, ain't none of this no more. Like, you need to, like, stop getting hit in the face and hit them back. Like, if they're going to hit you, like, you need to defend yourself. And it's, it's that old saying that all, all older women say, you know, if you're going to hit a man, you better, be get, you better get ready to get hit like one. I'm not going to hit you, but, like, there's people there's, out there that will really start to lash you with your hands on all right, so, all right, let's fall back on all these celebrity stuff, and let's focus on us common people real quick. <laughs> Let's so, do you feel like it's difficult dating when you're doing so many things? Definitely. Definitely. Um, but it also depends on the person you're dating, bro. Like, you have to date somebody that knows what it's like to be um, as busy as you are, so that way you don't really take offense to it. But some girls, like, I know a lot of, I have a lot of, like, home girls, and they'll be like, I want a busy dude. And then when they get a busy dude, they be like... Yo, like, I'm mad because I don't see him like that. Or if they see the dude all the time, they be like, all right, he's not working enough. It's almost like, to me, I'm like, yo, like, is there, like, where's the happy medium at? Like, can, like, a guy really win? Or are you just in the moment? Yeah, bro. That, honestly, I see that too. And, um, what's crazy is I've been in, I've been in a situation like that where, you know, I, <clears throat> where when things started to pick up for me, you know, it just got kind of hectic relationship wise because the person couldn't see me as much as she wanted to. So it kind of got rocky for us. But um, you just have to you have to know who you date and you have to, you know, pretty much date somebody that's moving like you. Like you can't really be you can't be asking for something. Then when you get it, you mad that you got it. Like you, you literally have to know what you're getting yourself into, especially when trying to date like an entrepreneur that works for themselves, bro. Like. You gonna have to realize, like, a lot of their time is occupied with trying to build their brand. Like, you're not gonna see them a lot, it, or like somebody like me that's a chef. Like, I might work on uh, holidays and weekends, so we might not be able to go to that brunch or go to holidays and go visit somebody's family because I got a booking for it, you know, like Christmas or something. It's a lot of sacrifices that come with dating somebody that's like super ambitious. Nah, that's that's definitely a facts. So that goes into this. So I saw something on Facebook today. So could you be in a a, a poly relationship? Nah. You you you're one you one nah. kind of person. It's, it one, sounds one, one, cool. One woman kind of person. Nah, I couldn't do it, bro. Like like I said, it sounds cool, but nah, I'm very like territorial in a lot of ways, and um. I just couldn't see myself balancing that properly. It wouldn't work. Somebody's going to feel the type of way, regardless of what agreements was made, like whatever y'all, yeah, bro. I just don't, that's, that seems more of a headache than it does like flowing. I feel, I feel that way too, because I feel like at the end, it's like, end of the day, that man has to, if you're really going to even be in it, you got to be a, a provider for real. Like, yeah. you got to provide for both feet, like women, because it's not like, you know, you can just do it and just think like, it's just on you. Yeah. And a lot of, I feel like a lot of people that's like, oh, I want to be poly. Bro, you're just horny, bro. Like, you're not really thinking like the, the bigger picture on this. That's because you got to treat both of them the same. You got to spend your money the same. Like, you can't do for one and not do for the other. Nah, exactly. I Even, say, I, like, I feel like, I feel like it's, that's good for the moment. But, like, I know some girls told me they wouldn't mind being in a, in a poly relationship. And I was just like, I mean, I feel like you I say know, that now. I know a few people in a poly uh, relationship, bro. Sitting it? I know a few people that's in a poly relationship. I mean, I know, uh, I don't know them like that, but I know a few people to the people. I remember I posted before, a few people told me they was already in one or they had been in one. And they said they'll do it again. And I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. To me, I'm kind of old fashioned when it comes to all that shit. Like, I already, See, but like, I feel like the problem is like when men, when men say poly, right? The first thing that come to mind is two women. Exactly. But could you share your girl with another dude? No. That's exactly. why I couldn't do it. That's why I said that's the main reason. I like, say if a girl like be like, all right, we tried another woman, let's try another dude this time. I'll be like, nah, like I'm a double yeah, standard bro. with that. That's why I said I, I wouldn't even play with that whole situation. 
Yeah, man, I, I couldn't do it. Like, just for the simple fact that I'm not about to be laid up with a girl. She she cuddling with another another dude on the other side of it. Like, we're not doing that, bro. <laughs> you you That's you, uh, not you big spoon and he little spoon, huh? Like we we cut, like imagine that. Just imagine coming home and the woman that you're in love with is cuddling another dude, and you gotta like be okay with that. I mean, I wouldn't be okay, but are we immature for feeling that way? I can't say yes or no to that. Honestly, I think uh, it's all about preference, and that's just not my that's not my twist. I feel you. All right, so are you are you adventurous in the bedroom? <laughs> adventurous house, bro. I know you saw. You, you listen to Breakfast Club? Nah. Well, they had a. Have you heard of horrible horrible decisions? The podcast. Nah, but that sounds like a a good podcast. It actually is. It has uh, two uh, women on there. They're actually kind of like like I wouldn't say famous now, but they're pretty like popular among women. I remember mm-hmm. I was, da- I was uh, dating a girl, and she put me on the show because they always talk about, like, different sexual experiences and, like, you know, how to eat, like, about different things you might encounter in the bedroom kind of thing. And uh, one, of the, one of the girls said she felt like that guys are so, how can I say in the, in the best way, guys are so scared to explore their sexuality in the bedroom, bedroom with a woman. You know what I'm saying? They said, like, how she dated some guys where – she pegged a few of them, but she ain't considered them gay. Nah, you know it's not. Was, you said that's not you. Nope. nope. It's not. <laughs> it's not you. But she said I'm, it's a thing. I'm it's not happening. There's no way ever in life. Ever, bro. I'm never. Hell no. So you ain't doing no booty play? Nah, nope. Not don't with even, your wife. I don't even like I don't even like when a girl try to slap my ass really. It, it thoroughly pisses me off. It, it, it thir- but my thing is, like, what if you like it? Nah, I'm good, bro. You don't want you don't want to even see that pleasure, huh? Nah, that's hilarious. I'm thinking the same bro, thing. Listen, bro, I'm not playing no games. I like I don't I don't play I don't nothing near my ass, bro. Like, uh, that's always been a thing for me. I've never liked anything near my ass. So that's I, what I'm I, saying. But I don't know. Do you watch porn? Definitely. All right, so I'll be watching porn, and like the more porn I'm starting to see, it's like. It's catering more toward that. I'm just like, yo, what is going on with this porn industry? Yeah. Like, it's like guys getting a uh, butt butt eight and shit like that. I be having like the fast forward or go to a new video. I'm just like, why is there so much of an upload for this? So it must be a demand for it or a new craze going on. You know what I'm saying? Where people are just more comfortable doing it. But to me, it's just like I don't know. And I'm a, I'm gonna say I have a friend. She all she I put money with when she, she hears that she gonna be like, why are you talking about me? But I'm not. <laughs> but I have a multiple women friends, okay. But I had one friend who told me she was like, "Yeah, one time I got drunk and I, I think I might ate, ate, ate this nigga ass." I'm like, "What? You say you thought you might ate his ass? Like, what do you mean you thought?" She was like, "Yeah, I just got high and drunk, and you know things get hot." She was like, "I think I ate his ass, like kind of thing." <laughs> and nah, I was just man. like, "Yo, how do you even get to that point?" So I'm not like, gonna lie. I, I, I've had this conversation with a few of my guy friends, bro. Like, um, because I know three dudes. Like that, I'm close with that got the ass beat. Um, <laughs> on purpose or by accident? You know, originally, it was on accident, but then they started to like it, so that's their thing now. Oh, but nah. um, <laughs> I, I can't, bro. I my thing is, and I always ask them this question: How can you like? There's no masculine way you can get that done to you at all. Like I feel there's, too there's vulnerable. no masculine way to get your ass beat, bro. Like you have to have your legs in the air, you bent over something, bro. Like. Either way you look at it, that's not a position I want to be in, bro. I am a very dominant person, and there's no way you're about to have me super submissive like that. This is not exactly, and I don't want to make no noises. I don't think I should be making like I don't want to be. Yeah, bro, you are you are squeal out of nowhere and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, ooh, shit! Like it'd be funny, you know. Sometimes you know when girls be like, you know, like sucking your ball and like go to like the I don't know, we call it a grundle or I don't know, I don't know what you call it. The part underneath your ball, like the, the little skin yeah, between your ball and ass. I'm like, y'all going a little too low now. Like, yeah, you don't, don't like that. Like, nah, keep it up. You can do the balls, Listen. dick. You, we be good around there. You know what I mean? The like, gooch is cool, but nah, you're wilding. Even yeah, I agree. That's way too low. Like, bro, it's so much that's like, I don't know, man. Like, dudes out here. I, hey, man, it's something for everybody, but it couldn't be me. 
I you ain't about to have me out here. So uh, do you feel like do you feel like we're, we're cheating ourselves then? Cause we're not really full fully experiencing the full spectrum of sex. No, no, I don't. I don't feel like I'm cheating myself at all. Actually, okay. I I can't say that I like that's the spectrum I'm, I refuse to go to. Okay, hey, that, that's something I just want to throw out. The it was a conversation on the Breakfast Club last week that they was having. Okay, it was just like yo, like. I think the girl said, like, most of the dudes she dated, besides the guy she's dating right now, likes it. You know what I'm saying? Because I guess she's, like, some guys like to be uh, – the different fetishes out there kind of. Like, there's, like – she's talking about how it was, like, one dude who liked to have sex in, in like, some adult diapers and shit. Like, kind of weird <laughs> shit like that. Like, there's different – like, have you ever explored, like, any fetishes besides, like, the straight-up sex? Nah, not really. Not – nah. I can't say that I have – Um. Nah. So really if, a, if a girl told you, "I want you to fuck me, but I want to wear a diaper to the bedroom," what, what was your first? <laughs> what was your first I mean, reaction? Say, will be. My first reaction is, "Why do you want to wear a diaper? What is she, what is that?" She likes she likes how it feels. Like she she feels like I don't know. Some people will say uh, <laughs> it makes them feel submissive. Or I guess like the. The dude was saying like he liked his girl to change his diaper as well, <laughs> can make him yeah, feel nah. like a kid again or some shit. I don't know. It's some weird. See, shit. that sounds that sounds like some pedophile type like where like you got touched as a kid. Like who wants to feel like a child in the bedroom? That's weird. Some sick fucks, you know. I don't know these sick ass people out there. Yeah, like what are we doing? Like that that's gonna make me ask some questions like, hey, uh, what happened when you was a kid? Because why are we why are we reverting back to childhood right now? All right, all right. Let's go to this one. What if what if a girl asked you to piss on her? Would you do it? No, hell no. Because now I'm gonna look at you different. Why? Like, you a different type of nasty. You are. You judging her? Why are you judging her like that? Listen, bro. It's only a few situations where I'm judgmental, and that will be the major case. The major case. All right, so hold up. Would would you let would you let a girl shit on your chest? Nah, I wouldn't do that. No. I wouldn't do that. No. I think that's uh, I feel like that's uh, first of all, you it stinks. You ain't shitting on me, first of all, and second of <laughs> all, you ain't you ain't pissing on me because that's not my thing. But if, if say say your girl was like, sometimes the girl they say when girls uh be uh squirting or whatever, that's piss. Is that not the same thing? I don't know, bro. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna cap to you. I like squirting. I like that. Sign me up. You, so you so you so you, they get pissing you that way, but not the other way. Nah, bro. It's not happening. It's not happening. Because think about it. Squirting happens, like, during sex, bro. But for her to actually piss on you, she has to stand over you and squat. And you have to watch her actually pee on you. Are you down for that? I mean, a, a, a girl could be laying on her back and she can squirt in your damn, uh, she can, she can squirt everywhere on your damn, your stomach and your, ab- I mean, your abs and your chest. And ain't that, ain't that the same shit? I don't know, bro. It's going the same place. I mean, you, you kind of got a point there. Kind of. Not really, but kind of. I mean, you say, I'm, I'm just saying, like, a lot of times, I've had a few times a girl tell me, like, uh, you act like a little boy right now kind of shit. Like, I'm just like, all right, I got to, you know. She said you acting like a little boy? With, with certain things. I, not that exactly, but certain things you might be in the bedroom sexually. You'd be like, I don't know about that. And they'd be like, oh, you acting kind of young right now. And you'd be like, all right, like, like, let me really think about this. And how, like, is this really, like, you know, bad or is this kind of just grown sex? You know what I mean? Because I'm about to say, I, normal sex get boring after a while, especially with the same person. You're going to want to have, you're going to want to experiment eventually. Definitely. I think that's that's one thing where, uh, or that's one reason why some people just even cheat for real. Because they get bored. And they don't want um, to hurt nobody's feelings, so they just step out. I think the thing that makes sex fun or keeps it fun is constant communication, bro. You don't got to go crazy with the exploration, but you have to constantly communicate on what you like and you don't like. Because, you know, stuff you like now ain't going to be the same shit you like in like four years. No, that's true. I mean, do you eat ass? Nah, I have a beard. I don't need that smell in my beard, bro. I remember when I was uh, 18, I was working in a warehouse. I literally had grown men telling me, by the time you turn third, by the time you turn like twenty five, you'll be eating ass. I still have eight ass. 
But I know a lot of niggas who do eat ass, though. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they nasty for it. But am I young for not wanting to do it? I mean, I can't say you young for not wanting to do it, bro. I mean, it's a lot of old heads that don't need to eat vagina, bro. Like, let's be real. Like, No, that, that was one thing. I remember when I was a college, I'm like, yo, I'm not eating pussy for real. Just because, like, if you're not my girlfriend, I'm not eating your pussy. So I'm not going to be with different girls eating pussy like that. But these girls were just gobbling my dick and balls. So they were like, all right, so I can gobble your dick up, but you can't eat my pussy? I ain't sucking your dick no more. And I was like, all right, I can see your pussy. Like, <laughs> yeah, nah, see, you're not, about to, you're not about to bribe me with the neck to make me do that. Like, I, I get you on that, though, because not all girls deserve you to, like, be doing all that. Like, but my thing I'm is, I, had, I have never had one girl telling me, no, I don't give head. I, I had one girl, but one out of, like, 20, I never had, like, a lot of girls be like, I'm asked for head, they'd be like, I'm not giving you head. It was always like automatic, you know what I'm saying? So, to them, they think that's a part of sex. True. I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, you can be selective if you. This, if you got this goes like back that. to this goes back to us saying different strokes for different folks, bro. Like some people just either more advanced or less advanced than others. So, 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 what, so, what advanced are you? Are you are you medium level? <laughs> I say I'm like I'm mid. I'll go crazy, but I ain't going too crazy, like. So out of ten, um, you like a level six. Yeah, I can say like I'm like a six or a seven. I'm glad I'm I'm cool with being a six or seven. You, you, you like I'm not I'm not that, that dude that's gonna be out here, you know, sucking toes, eating ass. That's not me. You you look you like you suck toes. Though. I ain't gonna lie, you do like you. Suck. You said what, bro? You look like you suck toes, bro. Like I ain't gonna lie to you. You, you must have been looking in the mirror when you said some nut shit like that. Nah, bro. I'm just telling you. I don't yeah, know you're walling you, you you like you have a foot fetish, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I see. I'm. I'm gonna have to come to Texas and put some hands on you, bro. I'm just, hey, <laughs> Yo. you, now you got people out there who who, who suck toes feeling bad now. Ain't, hey, if you if you nah, suck listen, toes out hey, there, it's not a listen. bad thing, yo. That's just your thing. Listen, shouts out to my cousin. I love you. You already know who I'm talking to. That boy is a freak, man. He sucked toes like it's nobody's business. My, my I can't whole, do it. My whole we, thing we is, have, I like, feel I, like what you, what you won't do, another guy would do for your girl. Save your grass for that, and you don't do it. Another guy would. Listen, that ain't got nothing to do with me, bro. Oh, so you you, you, you cool with your girl having that nigga suck her toes, though? Bro, listen. That's his girl now. Oh, that's not you no more. <laughs> that's his girl now. Like Y'all could, y'all could go crazy now. Nah, I, I feel you, bro. All right, so it's been like an hour and ten minutes. I don't want this to be too long, bro. I appreciate you coming on. You know, I got to get you back on again, honestly, yo, because I want to do like another episode with you about some shit. But like, listen, just like, let me know. You know I'm here. I bet that I, I got to find one. You free, though. You had me text. Yeah, I, I called somebody earlier. They were like, who is this? I'm like, Traven. They are like, yo, I don't know who you <laughs> is, dog. And I was just like, yo. Bro, like, my, I don't know how I did that. I literally, the last digit. I was I was moving quick like a dickhead. My bad. Nah, you straight, bro. But nah, I appreciate it, man. I really wanted to get you on. Uh, one more time, say your social media. Uh, Lord underscore Watts, L-O-R-D underscore W-A-T-T-S. Yo, follow my boy. He's doing big things, man. He's in the food and beverage industry. I'm about to say he is not – he he do quality food. So don't try to lowball my man, yo. It's all quality content. If you do want to book him, he can do whatever you need him to do. He's an expert definitely. in his craft. If you need a model for something, he'll definitely do that for you as well, man. Cause he know he got the style game on lock, and he's yeah. doing a lot, man. Like I, I about to say, I, I'm proud of my, I'm proud of my boy. I about to say, trust me, we like if you can only see the growth, yeah, like <laughs> for real, for definitely. real. Like people, people, sometimes people see the end result, but they don't know the full story. You know what I'm saying? And you didn't skip any steps. You ain't go from A to Z. You went from point A to point B to point C. All the way to where yeah, you're at man. right now, man. I, I just want to tell you that, I, yo, you inspired me. I look up to, like, what you do, man. And I feel like, you know, it should be more love out there where us, like, you know, especially black creatives showing it to each other. You fart, bro? You said what? I thought I, heard, I, thought I heard somebody fart. Nah, nah. <laughs> nah. I didn't know what that was. My bad. <laughs> was, but anyway, <laughs> let me go back. I, just want, I want it to be a space where us black creatives can show love to each other, like, I'm a firm believer there's enough food at the table so everybody can eat, man. There's no, it shouldn't be no competition. Like, like uh, I listened to the, a million dollar worth of game with Wallow and Gilly the Kid. Like, I'm trying to eat with you. I ain't trying to compete with nobody. You know what I'm saying? That's like, a fact. We all got That's our own lane fact. and doing what we got to do. So, I'm about to say, anything you want to say before we uh, go, bro? Um, 
I do want to say, yo, I appreciate you, bro, for this podcast, man. This shit is it's a it's a dope thing you're doing right here, bro. Keep it up. Um, I can't wait to see you at the top for real, because I know this is gonna blow up. Um, just stay persistent, bro. You know, keep this shit moving. You know, keep the conversations going. Like, hey, stir the pot up every chance you get, bro. Like, that's gonna yeah, be yeah. the reason why people keep coming back, man. You know, you know, um, I gotta do it, bro. And uh, one more, one more thing. What advice would you give to anybody that's starting from ground zero? That's that's following their dreams. Um, damn, it's crazy you said that because I just asked that on Facebook. Um, one thing that I will say is, um. Never give up for real. You know, there's going to be times where, you know, you feel like maybe this ain't moving how I expected it to. Maybe, you know, I could be doing something else that's going to generate more. And, you know, just all those negative thoughts you have is normal. I'm going to tell you that right now. Every Everyone goes through them. The key is to just keep pushing through them. Man. As long as you stay consistent, you go and, you go and see that, that return. It may, not, it may not come when you want to, but it's going to come when you need it. You feel me? So just, like, keep that in mind. Keep your head down and just grind. Like, take every obstacle on the chin. Never take it personal. It's only business. You know, use it as an opportunity to learn and push forward. <laughs> like, one thing I didn't mention on here, and I just want to plug this in real quick. Um, in 2018, yeah, 20, 2018, I had to a trip to San Diego. First time I ever stayed in the Airbnb. When I was in that Airbnb, I was like, you know what? I want to have one of these of my own. And by 2019, the same month, I already had one up and running. Due to the pandemic, we had to shut it down. But that's just that's where persistence and perseverance gets you. So just keep your head down and just grind, man. No, that's real, man. I'm about to say you got to stay ready. See, on the get ready. To be honest with you. Yeah, man. And I, I and I really appreciate that free game, man. You know, it's all love. It's your boy Trader Realist, Lord underscore Watts. Realist Conversations, episode number 26. It's all love. Peace. <laughs>